Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park What's going on? It's your boy Hayes. And before we get started, I wanted to talk to you guys about Disney Plus. And if you have not checked out Disney Plus by now, I don't know what you're doing. Disney Plus is the home of brands like Marvel, Disney, Pixar, and more. On top of that, they have originals like The Mandalorian, like WandaVision, like Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Plus, they have more coming from the Star Wars universe, from the Pixar universe, everything. Make sure you guys are checking out Disney Plus. And when you check them out, tell them Hayes sent you. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to another episode of The Awakened Soul Podcast. I am CEO, or just Hayes. You don't have to throw the CEO on there. AKA the Rare Bearded Assassin, AKA the Dad by God, AKA the Content King. And I have missed you guys. I know I took a week off last week. It really wasn't planned to be a full week. Like I had planned to like drop the episode towards the middle of the week, but then I had so much shit going on. Um, and rather than rush something out to you guys in the midst of a bunch of stuff going on, I just wanted to bring it to you real and uncut. So uh, unfortunately, we did have to take a week off, but we're back this week. And this week, we have a great topic that we're going to discuss. No guests, just me. I don't know if that's a benefit or not <laughs> to some of you guys. But uh, yeah, yeah, we got a great episode planned and I really can't wait to just um, talk about it. But, you know, before we get into the show, I like to do some housekeeping. Really don't have much uh, going on this week. I haven't forgotten about the episode. I promise you guys we're going to be talking about narcissism and creativity. The reason why I bring that up is because a lot of people have been asking about it, but it's one of those topics that I really wanted to de- delve, dive deep into, whatever the word that I'm looking for. Um, and also another episode that we have coming up is I have a special guest. And often when we talk about the conversations of people being allies to the black community, specifically white people being allies and how they can help assist the the black community, uh, we have those conversations amongst ourselves. And I understand we should define what it is to be an ally. And we'll get into that conversation. But I have an episode coming up with with somebody. She is white and um, she uh, is very much an ally to the black community. She helps uh a lot of things going on with with the movement and everything like that and we want I wanted to bring her on and have a conversation about what it means to be an ally from her perception from her perspective and how you appreciate uh black culture without taking advantage of it so a really great conversation to come up that way and I really I can't wait for that for that episode so this is some things that's going on behind the scenes oh I off the top I guess not off the top this time, uh, but if you want to follow the podcast, make sure you do so at Awaken Soul Pod. If you want to follow me uh, solo, you can do so at CEO Hayes at CEO H A I Z E. I think that's enough prefacing, as I tend to do a little bit too much of sometimes. And uh, so for the rest of this, uh, we're going to go ahead and, and take our first break. 
And when we come back from that, we're going to jump into my dark and twisted, crazy ass mind in the In the Mind of Hayes segment. I'll see you guys right after this. The following is a Breaks Media podcast. You're now listening to the best podcast in the world, The Awakened Soul, hosted by my dad. So we're in my dark and twisted, crazy ass mind. And so for anyone who saw my live on IG this week, you uh, kind of already know uh, what I talked about. I actually ended up going live. I had planned to do it for like 20 minutes. I was on there for like an hour and 45 minutes. But nonetheless, um, it's been a year. It's been a year since I bought my first cinema camera. And by that, I mean like an actual professional camera i talk about my camera pretty much it's a professional camera it's used to do netflix uh documentaries and shows and everything it's actual it's part of the reason why my videos look so good so nonetheless it's been uh a year since that happened and so that put me in this in this perspective or in this place of like really thinking about everything that's happened over the last year right so i started taking video more seriously uh in the midst of covid like a lot of people have a lot of people started doing more video content but the thing that was different about me is that i always had it uh my mind on doing films and we're doing short films and stuff like that and i have a really big uh something planned for my third short film but outside of that we'll talk about that later um and so just looking at the journey that i've been on um between you know, photography, videography, making money off those now, have those have turned into side businesses for me and maybe eventually my actual what I do for a living. But the thing is that and I wanted to talk about here um, and shout out because shout out, make sure you guys are checking out Mind of a Real podcast, uh, which we, I talked touched on some of this. I was a guest on their podcast this week. I actually don't know if that episode dropped or not yet, but I recorded it. So be on the lookout for me being on their uh, podcast. But you have to be ready to answer your calling. And sometimes those callings are things that you may not have foreseen for yourself, that you may have not expected, that you may not even think you'll be good at or ready for. And that's that's what video has become for me. And I can't even deny or, you know, not be appreciative of that. Um, what it's become for me in just this short amount of time has been amazing in a lot of ways. Um, when you really sit down and think about the fact that like I came into I bought my first camera to strictly produce promos for my podcast I started off doing it with the webcam well first I started off with uh, doing web interviews over webcams that I then started saving and then I would chop up and use for promo then we graduated from that to me actually using my cell phone for my solo segments on the awakened soul to use those to also turn into clips and then i bought a camera uh the lumix g7 was my first camera and i bought that camera strictly to be able to uh add, add, add 
look a little bit better like yeah cell phones look great but for anyone who knows if you've actually used the camera cell phones still can't compare to that so like i wanted to do that i caught that thing on sale it was an amazing price so i was like fuck it um and then that grew and i started like doing promos and little and i turned that into like basically full-fledged commercials for my podcast and so um just looking at the growth that 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 i've had with that um and then over the course of that and learning that you know Cameras take photos. Then I started doing photography and I started off like just doing nature and stuff on walks and then street photography. And then that turned into people seeing my pictures and asking me if I do it. And then I so but that calling that came from that was nothing that I could have prepared for. It was nothing that I ever in a million years thought that I would be doing it at a level that's pretty decent, you know. Um, and so I'm an extremely confident guy, but it, it I never thought that. Um, I would be where I am now, but I took that calling. I took what I felt like I was being called to do with using video and stuff. And I embraced it. I delved all the way into it, started researching how I can get better, how I can do certain things and like learn things with the camera. And that first camera that I bought, um, was really great because it started me on learning more things. It didn't even do like the professional recording, which is called log. It didn't do any of that. Um, but I found a way to hack that into it. And then color grading and so ultimately what i'm just saying with this in the mind of hay segment and in where i am right now mentally after a year of having my first cinema camera and a year well not a year but uh coming off a couple of months of dropping my first short film and filming my second which is in the editing room now and preparing for my third which has already been written and the cast has been casted um and so it's a calling that i answered it wasn't one that I necessarily was prepared to answer is not one that I expected, but you have to be ready to answer that calling. And this is going to play off somewhat into what we're talking about in the main discussion topic this week, which is built around the phrase, the word, whatever you want to call it of kismet. But we'll dive into that when it's time. Um, but that's just ultimately where it is. And like something that I've always been and I always will be is I take everything in stride. I am somebody who I, I call myself the real life Batman in the sense that I'm prepared for every situation, not saying that I'm going to excel in every situation, but I have a plan for almost any situation that I can. And even though sometimes I'm panicking, sometimes I'm not as equipped as probably what I come off as. But um, I like to think that I, I, I am somebody who's adaptable to every single situation. There's never a situation where you're going to put me in where I'm just completely not myself. And because of that, like, I, I think that that helps me to embrace things that to be really uh, just able to deal with a lot. Like, I'm not one of these people who, while I, I do like my schedules and I hate when my schedules get thrown the fuck off. But uh, when it does happen, uh, I'm prepared for everything. And, and luckily, I was prepared to answer this calling. I was prepared to learn the skills that I needed to, because little did I know in the year of of a pandemic that I was going to build up all these skills and do little jobs over the pandemic. Luckily, uh, we're still in the pandemic, so you not act like we're not in one. But I was luckily able to really be in a place that I that I was able to accept the gift that God gave me. Um, 
and answer that. So that's just what was on my mind, not to be too sappy or whatever, but I wanted to talk about that a little bit uh, to start off the show, hopefully give somebody some inspiration. If you ever feel like something's just pulling towards you, if it's if it's calling you more than likely, even if you're not in a place to be able to do it at a great level at that point in time, you got all the tools that you will need. They will be provided to you so you can be ready uh, to excel at that calling. So that's my thoughts on this episode or this segment of the In the Mind of Hayes segment. We're going to go ahead. We're going to take a br- brief break. After that, we're going to jump into the main discussion topic for this week's episode. I'll see you guys right after this. Being a mom is probably the most rewarding thing that I've ever done. I have my own company, but I'm a mom first. A young mom, it's not an experience like any other. When you're young, you're growing with your kid. You're growing into that identity. Developing and creating a community of moms that are basically sharing information with one another so that we can be stronger moms. Perfect imperfection, beautiful chaos, doing the best you can every day, falling down nine times but getting up ten. As long as you are led by love, you kind of can't lose. Moms coming together to share information so that we can be great parents for our, our children. Us being the change we wanted to see in the world. Yum came into existence. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? We got my boy Jackson in the building from Not Jack's Productions, formerly of the Sector Strangers podcast, that unfortunately ended not too long ago. But uh, we got Jackson here for a couple of different reasons. So I've been doing this thing with black, black entrepreneurs, um, a lot that I didn't know before. So why not have somebody that I actually knew uh, like before they start? Like, bro, it's so funny, right? And I know I introduced you, but we're going to hop right in because I remember when you bought an iPhone to start doing video. You remember that shit, bro? I remember when you were so excited about getting that. Matter of fact, because I, I think a couple of months before that, like your phone broke and I sent you one of my old phones because you didn't give no fuck about phones for at the time and then you got that iphone and you started doing video and god like look at like three four years later now look at where you at bro i didn't man first of all let me say yeah <laughs> Jackson, what's six on six man what up everybody but nah man uh 
appreciate you for uh for having me on once again. You know what I'm saying? It's been a long time, but you know what I'm saying? It's it's all good. So I appreciate the uh, the platform, man. But yeah, like I do remember that. Like I, I definitely was an Android nigga for the longest time because I didn't I didn't give a fuck. I was I was actually purposely an Android nigga because when I got to Philly, like when I moved to Philly, I just saw how everybody like not only had an iPhone, but like judged people off of whether they had an iPhone or not. Definitely. So like just instinctively, like I was just like, man, fuck that shit. Like I must I must still be a fly nigga without an iPhone. Like that was just my whole like rebellious attitude towards it. But then when I kind of got into the uh when when I was on a pod, the the Sex of Strangers pod, shout out to San Juice, of course. Um, I we started doing live shows, and f- part of the promotion and the marketing for the live shows was like you know like doing videos and shit like that. And I think for like the first one or two shows that we did, I still had my my Android, and I just it was super difficult to like the the compatibility was trash like when you have an android and most other people have iphones and shit like that right so what happened was they used to always talk shit about me oh they used to always talk shit about the fact that i didn't have an iphone and and actually like the whole not jack's uh production shit started with me and my homie who used to be my roommate a couple of years ago and he had an iphone so every time that we would go shoot we would actually film whatever goofy shit that we was recording. We would film it on his phone or whatever. So the, uh, so the quality of, you know, when we posted it, it wouldn't be like super pixelated and mm-hmm. super trash or whatever. So they just was always talking shit like, yo, like why you don't just get your own shit? Like, you know what I'm saying? Your Android is trash and your, your messages come in out of order. Like, you know, all of the, all of the stereotypical jokes and everything. And this one day on the pod, I was just like, it was, uh, <laughs> so it was, it's obviously, it was me, C, and Juice. And we talked about sex. And Juice, I mean, C had licked ass before and got her ass licked before. I I have also, but Juice <laughs> never has, right? Yeah. So I was like, look, Juice, if, if I get a fucking iPhone, if I walk in this motherfucker with an iPhone one day, you gotta, you gotta eat some nigga ass. <laughs> and that was the deal that we made on record, on a pod, it's on an episode, I don't know what episode it's on, but they, they all still up if niggas wanna go check. But, um, we definitely made that bet, and then maybe, like, two or three months later, I walk in that motherfucker to go record one day. And I uh, I picked up the iPhone like before I got there, and I had it in my book bag. And when I got there, I'm you know I'm just like saying what's up to niggas and everything. And, <laughs> and I was like, "Hey yo, Juice." She was like, "What's up?" And then I pulled the fucking iPhone out my bag, and like we all just went crazy. Like, oh shit, this nigga got an iPhone. It's crazy. Oh, oh, what the fuck is going on? And then I was like, yo, you gotta eat some nigga, you gotta eat some ass now. And then she fucking reneged on her fucking bitch. <laughs> ah, fuck that. I ain't eat no nigga ass. Niggas ass is dirty. They don't wash I'm like, you bogus. But ever since then, man, I um I just kind of started like, you know, playing around with, you know, trying to do my own pod with the mm-hmm. the one mic stand joint, which is where I go to different cities and um try to sit down with different people or whatever. I did my first one with with uh, the homie Courtney Levette, shout out to her in uh, in Atlanta, and that was literally just with a, a iPhone, some wireless mics, and a and a ring light, 
and we did that shit at like two in the morning. And um, you know, I was still just always fumbling through like how to how to upload it, how to make it, you know, the quickest, most efficient way to do it. And I remember like the first the first episode that I put up was like it was like ninety minutes, but I only could I only knew how to upload it in like increments of like fifteen minutes. So it was like it was like mad parts, <laughs> like six parts to the whole that whole thing. And um, it's just yeah, like that's how I started, man. It really started from super, super, uh, lack of equipment, real simple shit. But just like continuously, like you know, getting a piece of equipment here, piece of equipment there. But all the while, like really just trying to perfect the craft of of having conversations. You know what I'm saying? Having conversations with with people that I don't know about about things that maybe I'm not so well versed on, but still trying to be able to drive a conversation and. You know, while doing that and then uh, being able to, like, acquire better equipment, you know what I mean? I feel like I just, I feel like I've been getting better at all of the components that go into, like, doing a a really good production. And I kind of, you know, was practicing them all at the same time, you know, and you feel me? So, and I think uh, we started January 2019 so we're coming up on like like the third year i think this is like this i'm in i'm in the third year but haven't reached like the third year or something like that so it's it's been a couple years in the, in the process man i'm just just trying to get better trying to get clients trying to make more money just trying to get more notoriety and recognition and you know it's, it's a it's a never-ending you know journey you feel Definitely. me and i and i think the, the the good thing about like especially you sharing that whole story is that like you, there's this whole thing that says the equi- equipment doesn't matter. And I, and I agree with that to a degree, right? Equipment doesn't matter, especially while you're learning, like use whatever you have on hand. And the fact that you started basically your video uh, journey with like a phone and now you have graduated to doing photography and professional cameras. And I, I've, I've told my story on this podcast a couple of times, like very much like you, I started to record promos of my of my podcast. I started with a webcam first, not even a phone. Uh, mm-hmm. And then, then I, then I graduated to using my phone and then I graduated to buying a cheap Lumix camera. And then a year ago, a couple a year ago, officially as, of, as far as a couple of days ago, I, um, I bought a, a cinema camera. I bought a, a $4,000 professional camera used to make film. And then that's when the wheels started turning. And then like, I dropped my first short film on my birthday. The second one is, is working now. And so like, you never know where things are going to take you. And like, sometimes we get caught in this mindset that we have to jump into the professional equipment. And it's not like it's a level up, right? You start, because if somebody would have handled me, handed me a professional camera when I first started with this, I probably would have fucking gave up as much shit as goes into it. So it's important (laughs) to take your time. Matter of fact, I think it was a conversation with you when you, when I was talking about, I wanted to get in the video and I was like, uh, I'm terrified because if something gets out of sync or some shit, I'm going to give up on it. And you were like, bro, it's not that hard. And I'm glad that I, that I didn't give up on it because now look at what it's turned into. Like I do, yeah. I do a, a number of jobs a week now, and like it's turned into a whole additional form of income for me. And it's I, I would have never did that if I if I had let myself be terrified of it. Yeah, for sure, man. I think that that equipment thing is something that uh, that's a very very popular conversation of people who want to start something or people who have an idea but they feel like they don't have like uh, they you know. I think what happens is we get caught up in like looking at other people's work. Right. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we get in, you get inspired by it. You get motivated by it. You, you, you get, uh, you start to like set other people's work as like the bar of like what you want yours to look like. Definitely. 
But like all the while, you like you don't realize, and I because I fall in this category too, where you don't realize that these niggas been probably doing this shit for like eight, nine, ten, eleven exactly. years. Yeah. Like you know what I mean? And you just like, but if you're just discovering the, you know who they are or their the work that they do. Like, their shit looks so polished because, nigga, they've been doing this shit for a decade. Like, you know what I'm saying? So you're not gonna, you're not, unless you, like, super rich, you're not gonna be able to just grab all of the equipment that you think that you need and then start working on whatever your idea or your concept is. Like, fact. (laughs) Like, you know what I mean? I really, and, and, you know, and it it can get discouraging, though, because, like, I, I was in that place to be honest with you, sometimes I'm still in that place trying to figure out, you know, because I, I have my I have my people that I watch and look up to and, you know, aspire to, like, you know, looking at somebody else's work and being like, damn, like, I can't wait till my shit looks like their shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, again, I, I think that that's something that you can kind of get caught up in, too, because you don't, like, I think what makes people like, you know, what makes people like the stuff that I do or what makes people something like like the stuff that, that you would do or any other creator would do is the fact that like you kind of develop your own specific style yeah. Yeah. the more that you do it. You know what I'm saying? So in reality, like nobody could really do what I do. Nobody can really do what you do. Nobody can really do what the other person does or the person I look up to does. Cause like that's their style that they that they've created over however long that they've been on on their journey. You know what I'm saying? And I think that that's what's dope about it is like you can aspire to get better as far as quality, but I don't think that you should aspire to get better as far as like the look or the style. Um, Cause I think that you should just birth your own shit, you know what I'm saying? And and hopefully it catch on and people, people start looking up to you and, and you know, and use you as inspiration and stuff like that, man. But you that, that fear of, Fear. I, I think what I was talking to uh, my homie about this the other day, and you really—I'm not gonna say that you don't need professional equipment uh, to make your 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 content be quality. But what I think people mistake is I think that people think that the quality of how your how the picture looks yeah. is gonna make the content good. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's true. And uh, yeah, like that's so far off. I think it, you know you the. The equipment is going to make your picture look clear and it's going to have clarity and all that. But whatever it is that you're filming, whatever it is that you're talking about or whatever it is that you're shooting, like that part still has to be uh, good enough to captivate people's attention and then keep them there. You know what I mean? And that's the part that you that don't got shit to do with the equipment. That's the part that just has to do with you perfecting your craft and whatever content it is that you're trying to create. So. You know what I mean? I think people just kind of like maybe put those two things together when they're really two different things. Exactly. And I th- the, the, because, you know, it's more tangible, right? It's easy to say, if I buy this camera, I'm going to have a certain level of video quality. And then that's tangible in your head to think, all right, well, that's what I need. But really, it's it's the content. I can't tell you how many like YouTubers that I watch that the video quality is OK or whatever. But the content and if the sound's on point, I'm going to get through it. Like, oh, video quality be damned to a degree. <laughs> Um, but I think nowadays too, like for people who aren't trying to do this professionally, like, and I say this to everyone. Yeah. I, I have a, a super professional ass camera. You do too. You rocking with the Sony, right? Yeah. 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 I, 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 I do. I'm still on Lumix cameras. I just graduated up in, into the higher price range, but, uh, <laughs> uh, and we'll talk about that in a minute. Cause I, I do want to talk a little bit about equipment, but like, um, I always tell people, if you're not trying to do anything professional with it, if you have 
the latest iPhone or even Samsung has upgraded their camera so much at this point. Any type of just internet content that you're creating, you don't need anything else. Like, yeah, you yeah. can get something else that makes it easier, but if you're if you're not really at a point where you're generating revenue or trying to do something to where you're going to sell or produce for somebody else, you really don't need to spend a thousand, two thousand dollars on cameras when you can get close enough to it with what you probably already got in your pocket. Yeah, that's a fact. Because the way these phones are set up, man, listen. Yeah. They and they do all of the like they do all of the like the the exposure and the what oh, all that yeah. technical shit they do that for. Like, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> let me tell yo, let me tell before I forget, nigga, I had I had my I had my cameras for like uh for like two years or something like that, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> when I tell you I just, I just, and this is what I just say this because this is why I say like you can always learn some new shit, man. I just figured out like the the settings on my camera like in January, bro. <laughs> like I unlocked, listen. I feel like I unlocked the whole cheat code <laughs> like three months ago. That I <laughs> had these shits for two years, so I feel like oh shit, I've been not that I've been filming on the wrong settings, but I just. I was able to like I looked at some YouTube shit. Uh-huh. I tweaked my shit just a little bit, and to my eye, like my, now my like the pictures and shit like that, it just looks. It has a different level of like clarity to it, and yeah. I was like, I, "Have I not been doing this and, for two years?" I'm like, bro. much like you, bro. The exposure triangle, you know, ISO, uh, uh, what is it, mm-hmm. f-stop, and and I don't want to get nerd down people who are not really interested in it, but the exposure triangle shit. I really just mastered it with my camera probably when I was doing my film. But I had I had like the camera six months before I really mastered it because being in a studio like this or doing for those type of settings don't matter as much for photography. It's more a video thing. But being in a controlled environment, I never really had to change anything. As soon as I started filming outside, I'm like, why does this look like shit? And like you, I was watching a YouTube video. I'm like, really? This is it? Like the shit just felt like the most obvious thing in the world to me. But. Um, and that's the thing, like, you're always learning. I think I listened to, I paid to uh, listen to a Spike Lee masterclass about about six months ago. And he, mm-hmm. when he was saying that, you know, for him being a filmmaker that started with film to move over into the digital age, that there is still shit that he's learning now that it, it, it and it, it blows his mind. And like, if somebody who's a master, they're a legend. And, you know, I got my Spike Lee shirt on because that's my idol as far as when it comes to film. For him yeah. to say that it's still shit that he's learning and he's reached the heights that the dreams that some of us have never, never get yourself and let yourself start thinking you got everything figured the fuck out. Cause the moment you do that shit is when you're going to start feeling. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that's why this is so, this is so interesting to me. Like, um, because I get high. Like I remember when I first, I always kind of remember like back when I got my, first camera like my first like official joint and i got my first uh i had my laptop and i bought like i was trying to decide on like the editing program that i was gonna that i was gonna buy and like use going forward and i was just i used to when i tell you i used to be on youtube for like for i mean not even used to i still am yeah but like hours and hours and hours just trying to figure out how to set up the camera figure out how to how to do certain uh, effects in the editing or figure out how to, like, I mean, my friend, this, the first video I edited was like 28 seconds. And when I tell you it should took me like a full Saturday just to, uh, <laughs> just to figure out 
how to edit a 28 second video, bro. bro. But but when I got when I when I when I finished and I felt like um you know I put I was trying to I think I, my goal back then was I was trying to learn how to do like a new editing effect like one per week or something like, mm-hmm. like that. So I would just like take some film something random and then just try to you know figure out how I can do it. Watch you watch tutorials and try to put it into the video or whatever. And I say all of that to just say like the fact that I know that I have so much to learn is kind of what makes the the whole process exciting for me yeah. because it's like, because it's like, I, I can't in my mind, I, I always tell myself like, yo, I can't wait till I really, really get good at this shit. You know what I'm saying? Cause it's like, I, I kind of almost want to see how, how, how much better that I can become. So that makes, it makes it like an exciting challenge for me to go out and find new things to learn about this whole crap. You know what I'm saying? So sure. that just goes to your point of like, it's always something to learn. I, that's so that can't be even written. <laughs> the realer words can haven't been spoken <laughs> on that shit. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and like the thing is, is that once the, the passion is what, that's why I always say, and it, I, I know I say it a lot for my listeners, but like, if I'm not passionate about it, I'm going to give up on it way before like, I can get far into it. Like the fact that I've been podcasting this long, the fact that I've made it this far with like doing the video and, and photography shit. If it wasn't for it being a passion of mine, I would have given up on this shit because it, it's, yeah. it's so much time that gets put into it to learn this shit. And much like you, like I recorded a vlog, what became a vlog with my kids. That's how I, that's always how I did. It. I did the same way when I was learning how to edit audio with podcasts. Like we went out and I recorded a whole thing with my kids, us being silly and after they went to sleep that night, I was like, I'm going to figure out how to edit this. I'm going to figure out how to bring in a transition. I'm going to figure out how to do a title effect, all that mm-hmm. shit. And when I say I was up until like three o'clock in the morning and I still <laughs> didn't have this shit figured out for real. But yep. that's but but the fact that I made I had to put myself through that to know if it was something that I really was going to want to do. Because after that, after that being up to three o'clock in the morning, even when I had to force myself to go to sleep, as soon as I woke up and put them back on the bus, I was like, all right, let me get back to it. Let me let me go back to it so I can figure it out some more. Um, And then now it's like it's like I said, it's become this thing like what what with you. So for anyone who's like listening to this and whether it's like video or photography or it's a different form of entrepreneurship, what's what's a I've I've been calling it like a like a secret tip or whatever, a hack uh, that you would give them to say, like to 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 know that they should be putting their passion into it or their time into it. What do you what what would be a suggestion you give to them? Um damn, that's a good question. Um first thing I guess I would say, man, is just <clears throat> just do it. Like I know that sounds super cliche, but I think if you'll do something like if you'll do something for free just because it's fun, like it's got it's just gotta be fun. I feel like you should just do it as a first thing because you gotta start somewhere. Um, even, even if it's trash and trust me, right. When you're talking about video shit, if you do it long enough, you're going to find out that your first few videos, they were trash, Trash. like, you you know what I mean? So like, don't be, I guess, don't be afraid of being trash because you're going to be trash, but you got to do it long enough in order to become, you know what I'm saying? Halfway, halfway good at it or whatever. But like, I think so many people are just so afraid of of being of being trash that they just just they really just never get around to even doing anything yeah. you know what I mean? so the first thing i would just say is man just do it record it film it um you know what I'm saying? whatever it is that you're trying to get into just try that shit and just keep trying it and secondly i i really think um i don't think that you should do it for money 
Mm. Like, you know what I'm saying? I, I, I know that sounds super cliche too, but I think this is something, because like how you were saying, like the, the editing part of this, it, it, it's so time consuming. If you just doing this because you think it's going to make you some bread, like you're not going to survive it long. Because it, it's too, it's too tedious. It's too, it, it takes up your whole day. It could, it could probably take up your whole life if you allow it. Like, you know what I'm saying? So it's got to be something that, that you're really, truly excited about, like, in order to, you know, say, yo, I'm, I'm about to be in front of this laptop for the next six hours. You know what I'm saying? And be, and be hype about it and be willing to like, well, what, what makes me excited is like when, uh, if I've just gotten some footage and I'm importing it, like, I really don't know how this project is about to look. Mm. So I kind of like, I kind of get hype as I'm, as I'm editing it because it feels like you putting a puzzle together that you don't even really know how the end product is going to look until you finish it. So, mm-hmm. but that excites me though. Like, you know what I mean? So if that was something that didn't really excite me, then it would be, it would be torturous for me to like continually like go through like editing projects, but I'm hyped to see how that shit look. So that's how I kind of know that I have a, I have a passion for it. Definitely. And like for me, much like you, like getting a project when you have all the clips or whatever, for me, it's when I start color grading. Once I once I get the colors to pop the way I want to, that's yeah. when it's, that's when I start like getting really really excited about putting the rest of the pieces together. And then it's the story that you want to tell with it. Once right. I get the vision for for the story, because I was doing this, um, I think I could talk about this. Uh, I was doing this um, this short <laughs> film for uh, this brand called Young Urban Moms, and um, they they basically I didn't film it. They basically just had somebody film a bunch of footage for them, and then they dropped it in a in a Google Drive and was like, "We want to turn this into a short film." So I'm literally sitting here looking at this shit like, "All right, how the fuck am I gonna do this?" And then once <laughs> once I got the story I wanted to tell with it, I was like, "Okay." And then that drove me through through all the way to finish it. Um, but yeah, it's 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 it, like you said, you have to you have to not be in it for the money. You have to be in it for whether it's it's a certain part of the the process or whether it's what you can ultimately end up creating and what becomes the final picture for it in video. Like that's what gets me through it in photography though. Photography for me, it's when the client sees the picture, like that shit is the best. Like when they, when I, they look at it and you can see the reaction on their face, like, wow, that shit does it for me every fucking time. Like it's been so many times where I'm like, you know what? You can go just give me half of what you're going to give me because you happy as shit. I'm happy. Let's just keep this shit moving. But then I realize I can't yeah. feed my kids doing that shit. But uh, yeah, that's that's how I be feeling with it. I feel you on that. That's a that is a dope feeling. Um, Like I know that like there's always a, a point in time like when, you know, like when a client like sends the sends the remaining balance or whatever. Yeah. And, you know, I asked him, you know, what's your email? I email it to him. It's always like an anxious moment for me from when I hit send and send them the final, the final project or the final cut. And because I'm, I'm always like waiting back for like that reply of their reaction to it. Like, you know, if I'm, if I'm not standing right there next to them mm-hmm. or whatever. And um, when people get hyped, man, over, over what you created for them, yeah. that's definitely, like uh, a high that you always chasing for sure definitely that for that's sure. that's a better high than almost anything i've experienced in my life like to do something for somebody else that's why like as much as i was in front of the camera on my first short film that was just because it was my project and i wanted to work on my schedule but this one that i'm working on now the third one i'm not in it at all i really just get to direct and like being away from it and seeing other people's reaction to shit is like 
because I, I you know I, it's easy to be proud of your work or whatever but for somebody else to, to see it and be walk away from it with that with that great feeling it's yeah. it's fucking amazing man like i um i'm doing this wedding and uh the the couple is like they're really they're antiquers right so i bought this 50 year old lens that i'm gonna film their wedding on they don't even know it i'm gonna do a lot of photography with it too and i'm gonna make them a hardback book and give it to them hopefully they ain't watching this uh but no they don't listen to the podcast <laughs> shit but like it's it's little shit like that especially if you're gonna turn it into a business if you can make somebody's experience so unique like they're gonna walk away from that with a, a vintage type deal of something that they didn't even expect they didn't ask me to do it that's just for me getting to know my clients that that experience is going to be mm-hmm. what they they think about that shit i could be i can give up photography 20 years from now they're going to go back and look at that shit and be like damn you remember this and that's what mm-hmm. that's what gets me through it yeah indeed indeed yeah. So as far as the technical side, just because, you know, a lot of creators are getting into video, I feel like we should touch on it a lot. I didn't want to touch, stay on gear very long. But uh, like, A, p- because people ask, what do you use to edit? What do you use to film? I think it's different for everyone. I'm on a, I'm Adobe everything. What 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 are you using? Um, I actually use Final Cut. Okay. And uh, <laughs> what made me choose it was because, um, at least when I was looking at it, I don't know if they changed it now, when they was talking about, like, it was uh, going to be, like, the Premiere versus uh, Final Cut. Yeah. Uh, I think Premiere was, you had to pay, like, a monthly. It was, like, a cheaper, it was cheaper monthly, but it was never-ending yeah. monthly. And I think, uh, at the time, Final Cut was just, like, a, a, a one-time $300. So I was, like... I knew at that point I knew I was gonna be doing it for a long time, so I was like, "Fuck it, let me just get it, give up this three, or whatever." Instead of paying, you know, what I'm saying thousands of dollars over however many years I do this, so um, that's really as it, that's really what my decision came down to, <laughs> bro. I would like, and the thing is, is I'm so entrenched in Adobe products now that like it's like fuck, I got to keep paying this shit. But I, I think. I'm going to eventually take a look. I don't know if you've looked into DaVinci Resolve yet. It's actually free, um, okay. but it's it's they say it's like the best, especially the color grade It's the best editor to color grade. Um, so I'm going to take a look at that just to see what I can what I can ease up off my payment of my my monthly subscriptions. But yeah. now I feel the Final Cut is dope. I think if I had an Apple product, it probably would have been Final Cut. But, you know, I don't I, I ain't with you, Apple people. I don't rock that shit. So I- <laughs> But you know, I guess that also that played a big part too, because I um I edit I got a, a Mac and I got like the all Apple shit. So and it, Final Cut is really um it's, it's user friendly too. That I that was a lot of the reviews that I heard that were the difference uh some of the differences between Premiere and and Final Cut was they were just saying Final Cut seemed like it was more user friendly. So I, and plus at the time me being a beginner, I was like fuck it if it's if it's easier to use, I'm gonna go with that shit. Fuck definitely, it. definitely, I feel it. Um, and then equipment gear, like I, and I hate saying this because a, let me say this right now. Anybody who's listening to this, this is not whatever me and Jack's use. This is not the first thing you want to leap into. I'm telling you that right now. I'm just talking about it to talk about it. Uh, like I said, I I rock, I rock Lumix cameras. I have the S1H is my A cam. The S5 is my B cam. You rocking with Sony's? Um, I have, uh, I have a Sony a7 III. Um, and then I actually do have a Panasonic GH5. So it, and it depends on what I'm shooting. Like that's going to kind of determine like what's going to be like my main camera or whatever. Like when I'm doing, uh, when I'm doing, excuse me, like the pot, um, the, actually the Panasonic is always going to be my main camera, uh, because I'm for one, 
it that shit is like a workhorse. Like it don't never overheat. Never. It, it continuously records. Um, and I just feel like the like the lens that I have on it, um, it has a a pretty wide wide screen, so it's able to like if if I'm if I have multiple people like on screen, it's able to uh, fit everybody into the frame. And then I'll just use like my other my other cameras for like different angles for the specific guests or whatever. But um, but if I'm shooting if I'm shooting like something that's like on some running gun shit like handheld, like out in the field kind of stuff, like I really love using the Sony because I don't the know. Focus is is like it's super intelligent, bro. <laughs> yeah, and and for me, it's just like it's something about like the the picture. I don't know. The picture is a look. It's just. It's just so crisp, like to me, like on the Sony shit, man. And I like the way that the, uh, I like the way that I like Sony's um slow motion, yeah, um, a lot more than than the Panasonic. It's probably honestly, it's probably something that I'm gonna have to go back and look at on the settings of the Panasonic because uh, when I try to do slow motion on there, like my my screen, like it dims like a lot though. Well, that's because. And nerd talk, but we're in the conversation. So the GH5 is a micro four third sensor. So it's it's one fourth the size of your Sony sensor. So when you go to slow motion, it doesn't take in as much light. That's why I'm on the the S series rather than the G series in Lumis cameras because the S series is full frame. So it has that oh. same that same um big sensor. So it takes in more light. So yeah, you you right on the money with that one. Plus the 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 G series autofocus is trash, but. <laughs> uh, but the picture quality can't like and that's that's what what got me to Loomis cameras is that not every camera system does black skin the same way and the way that <laughs> black people look now real talk i mean it, i'm not yeah. even saying it sound funny but the way that the Loomis line renders black skin is just fucking amazing to me mm-hmm. so uh, yeah but yeah I, I i do get like because when i was before i got the set my second camera i thought about the new sony a7s3 that just came out not too long ago. Yeah, um, I hear fire though, bro. The Ooh. autofocus on that joint—it's like it—it—it's like it thinks for you. Like you don't even have to do nothing, and yeah. just just so I can have something when I'm ro- rolling on the gimbal that I don't have to worry about focus or whatnot. But you know, it—it it is what it is. I wanted to stay in the same line so that way my lenses are interchangeable rather than have to have a second system yeah, of yeah. lenses. Because lenses for people who don't know and you want to get into this camera shit, the lenses is d- damn near as expensive as the fucking camera when you get into it, bro. Man. That what? shit blows my mind, man. Especially I use Sigma lens. Go ahead. It's a lot of um. It's a lot of I don't I don't know like who you who you may follow like on YouTube as far as like when you're watching tutorials and people you take advice from. But um, there are actually several lenses that are that are really quality that you can you know you probably got to really search, but they're not super duper expensive like the Sigmas or like you know what I'm saying some of them joints that uh. That you know, it'd be like eight, nine, maybe over a thousand dollars and shit like that. But yeah, a lot of them, a lot of the real, the the good ones, man, them shits be pricey as hell. Might as well Bro, just get you. That shit is wild. Like my Sigma, <laughs> yeah, my my main lens, the Sigma twenty four to seventy, uh, two point eight. That lens uh, was twelve hundred dollars, and the quality out of it is fucking amazing. It, it's I don't ever regret paying for it, but it's like mm-hmm. had I known when I got into cameras, I because my first. The little G7 I started with, I got a 25 millimeter lens on that mug, and I bought it for like 80 bucks. So I'm thinking, oh yeah, we gonna you can just we, do we, that. Yeah, I can just do that the for the rest of my life, and then it's like, oh shit. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, yeah, man. Um, 
But, and, uh, oh, my, I don't mean to cut you off, but I think it's like that's another thing too um, in terms of like the uh, the equipment conversation where you look at someone else's work and you just, and you know, you just think that it's because of the camera that they're using, yeah. but no one ever really takes into account that, you know, the specific type of lens that they're using, uh, the specific, like what, how, how they actually color grade, how yeah. they actually light everything. Cause lighting is fucking huge. Lighting <laughs> is huge. <laughs> Listen, lighting like, can take your picture from looking like shit to making it look like you're in a movie by just the angles that you put the lights on. So for yeah. anyone who's interested, look up three-point lighting if you want to learn just a little bit of it. But even then, it's like you got to look at the IRE, how how the color re- reproduction is on certain things, depending on if you're re- – it's a lot of shit into lighting. Lighting is fucking it's, – it's a science, bro. It really is. Yeah, man. So it's like it's a lot of little stuff like that, especially as, as a beginner or novice. And like it – those are some of the things that I'm still learning. Like this year was one of the years that <clears throat> I said that I was really going to try to learn more about lighting. Cause that was one of the things I really ain't give a fuck about to be completely honest with you. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? But the thing I, I what's, what's crazy is I did a, I did a video when I was, uh, what was the podcast? I, I did a one mic when I was in St. Louis last summer. And I think I had, uh, my mom and my aunt was on it and the, the lighting was immaculate but it was by accident <laughs> right <laughs> i'm not gonna lie like i guess the way that i set up the lights it like it just hit perfect but it was really just by chance and people started dming me and was like yo did you get like a new camera or like what did you do different because like your shit look different on this one and i'm just like nah i've been using the same shit this whole time and then it just dawned on me i was like oh shit this, this fucking lighting took that shit to a different level a different level so then i was like i really need to learn this shit cuz i got to try to duplicate this every time like you know what i'm saying yeah that lighting lighting is huge man it's yeah it's it's a lot of stuff to it's so i i like i feel like i got i, I feel a bit my nigga like yeah. i ain't even lie to you like i still i feel like i got so much more to learn on this on on everything, man. But you just learn as you go, bro. Like I'm just taking a shit in stride, man. Trying to learn something every day. That that and that's all it boils down to. Especially if you want to be an entrepreneur with it, it's that continual process of learning and then adjusting. Because you can learn something that works for a while, but then you get in a different situation. And you have to learn how to adjust the your style to fit the the situation. Like especially when you when you're talking about film. Hell, there could be a situation in which you can't get a light somewhere that you that you need to get it. So what are you gonna do? You got you yeah. got you got you got to learn how to how to make it a little a little different. And like I've done a couple of corporate uh, videos and interviews, and like once you go in there, they put you in a room that shit ain't sound treated. No matter where you put the mic, there's a fucking echo. You got to figure that shit out. Um, yeah. So like yeah, it, it it it's it's a continued process of, of learning, reevaluating, taking in what you can uh, from other people that are around you, always being open to suggestions. I think sometimes as creators, we get in this mindset like we get defensive over our work, and you know, there's some people who will say shit just to say it, but ultimately, like every critique for me, I try to take it and apply it, even if it's from somebody who may not know what the fuck they're talking about. But it's like, all right, well, if you were somebody who were consuming my 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 product. And that was the the opinion you left with it. What can I do now to kind of fix that? And so it's it's yeah. it's, it's it's that process over and over and over and over again, and the shit never fucking stops. Yeah, for sure. 
sure. So uh, we did a lot of talking about technical shit. Jax, what do you got coming up, man? What, what's what's the rest of 2021 looking like for you? I know this is this is your first year as a full-time entrepreneur, right? Uh, Yeah, it kind of... Wait, what is this? I, well, I don't... All right, so like when the sex exchange shit again, man, I it was a point in time where I was trying to like quit my job slash get fired for like for like a six seventh month period, and they would just not let me go, right? Yeah. <laughs> but um, I think the I've actually not worked for about a year. Okay. Um, the first the first like maybe like six to eight months. And and it was all it was all a plan, like you know what I'm saying. Like I knew that I was gonna have, uh, I had some money saved up. Um, I also, you know what I'm saying, I had a little bit of money from like my my 401k. Um, so that really allowed me to to be cool, um, for pretty much like the first almost a year or whatever. Um, and then you know what I'm saying, like other than that, man, I I feel like I probably been living like for real, like naked on some you know just doing the entrepreneurship for probably like six to eight months, I would say. Okay. Um, and it's scary, man. Like it, it, it's scary because you literally kind of have to, uh, you just, you really got to like figure out like, all right, I got to pay rent this month. <laughs> First, yeah. like I gotta, gotta have that money somehow, some way. You know what I mean? Uh Oh, we lost Jax for a second. Oh, there you go. I'm not a religious person, but, you froze there for a second, bro. Keep going. Yeah. Oh, my bad. I, no, I was saying it's, it's so crazy because I'm not I'm not super religious, but I'm I'm spiritual. I do. I am a believer. You know what I mean? And um, it's so wild, man. Like the more work that I feel like I've been putting in, I feel like I've been I've been getting continuously like blessed and rewarded. Like as soon as I need a blessing to come through, like you know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Um, but as far as like what I got coming up, uh, the pod, obviously. Uh, that's a weekly thing for one mic stand. Um, I'm trying to build my 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 Patreon community right now. It's it's doing it's doing pretty well, but I'm always just trying to trying to grow my audience and everything. Um, I'm probably gonna. I'm, let me not say probably. I'm gonna do a live show uh, in like the in the fall or the winter for my one mic stand shit. Um, I had a I had a couple of weddings scheduled, but that's still kind of iffy because of the whole you know COVID situation, yeah. like lingering or whatever. Um, what I got? I got. I'm shit. I'm in Atlanta. I'm in Atlanta on Friday. Uh, shooting out there. I think I'm, I've got a workout video out there and shooting a one mic episode. Um, but really, my plan is uh to I go to I try to go to uh, one different city a month if if possible to try to try to film the pod. And also just try to get new clients so I can film gigs. Um, I'm we're finishing our short film this year because that kind of got put on pause last year because of the because of the Rona shit too. The uh, Dr. Quinzel is like my it's like my I can't, own bro. When you drop the first trailer for that shit, I cannot wait for that shit to come <laughs> out, bro. Because a I know how much how how big of a Joker fan you are. So the yeah. fact that you're doing that shit, I'm like this motherfucker is gonna kill this shit. But I'm sorry, I cut you off. Go ahead. You good, you good, nah, man. So that's just like my own personal rendition of like a Harley Quinn like origin story, or whatever. Um, and we we started shooting that shit like a year ago. Um, but it was all like it was always difficult to kind of get everybody on the same schedule. 
Um, you know, obviously, because we all doing it for free anyway. It's not like I'm. I can't. I can't afford to pay no niggas right now. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but, so it was like really just you know them. My my homies helping me out or whatever. So like we weren't able to really film like back to back to back to back. So it was super spread out, and then the whole COVID thing happened. So we had to really put it on pause. But we're gonna get that done uh, this year. I'd like to do like a kind of like a uh, like a premiere kind of thing. Like when everything is done, like, you know, just get like a small venue, set it up on a projector and like really do it like a movie, like a movie premiere you know, night. You know, the movie whatever. theater, since there's like the movies are canceled, you can actually rent a whole screen at a movie theater for like a hundred dollars now. That would, yo, if I, I might have to, I might have to do it. Seriously, like the, <laughs> the movie theater closest to my house, like people rented it out for the Super Bowl and had their Super Bowl party there. And it was literally like a hundred, 150 bucks for three hours. Oh, that's fucking fire. Yeah, so that's fire. But um, but yeah, man. So I'm doing definitely trying to finish that up. And what's what's cool about that is uh, if I could just give a little backstory, like I don't know any professional actors, right? So I was trying to, and you know how a movie can you can have like really good actors, but like if the cinematography is trash, then it's gonna be trash. Or you can have really really great cinematography, but if the actors are trash, it's gonna be trash. So I was trying to figure out like how can I make something with people who aren't real actors, but still make it quality. So the, this particular short film is like, it's, it's almost, it's really like a silent film. Like I'm trying to, I'm trying to tell the story with just the cinematography and the, I guess the, the musical score or whatever you'd like to call it. Um, and just, just the shots. Like that's how I'm trying to tell the story. But the people who are in the actual film, like they don't have any lines. Or whatever. So that's why I, that's why it feels it's it's kind of difficult. But I think if I'm able to pull it off, like the way that I'm seeing it in my mind, like I think it'd be super super dope because it's like you'll be able to figure this exactly what's going on without anybody reading off of a script or memorizing a script or whatever. Um. So yeah, man, that that's supposed to drop this year. I got. I'm trying to do like I said the the one mic uh, live show this year. And then really, man, just I'm trying to go different places and get footage um, and just like do more travel, travel vids and uh, and vlogs and just get gigs, man. Like, you know, weddings, engagements, uh, parties, events, commercials, small business, like advertise, like document, you know, what I'm saying documentaries, just whatever, man. I'm I feel I, I want to learn how to do everything so that I could do everything. OK. That's that's dope. That's dope. And that, and that's basically what I what I'm trying to do too. That's why my my first short film the whole purpose of it it wasn't about like the story or the script. It was all proof of like what I can do cinematography wise. Like as far as like video wise and visuals and how dope I can make those like for like yours there's not a line of a script in mine now I did add voiceover after the fact but I ain't talking especially because it's me yeah. I ain't no fucking actor um so <laughs> like I had to be in the studio and voice and do voiceover and narrate the shit because you know it just helped t- tell the story but there was no way you were gonna have me deliver no lines on that shit but uh so I feel where you're coming from but I can't wait to that Harley Quinn shit I remember that trailer bro and that trailer alone the if if the tone in that trailer is what you carrying through through the whole film, bro, be be on the lookout. That's just gonna blow up. Like I don't know if you um saw Never Hike Alone and Never Hike in the Snow. I know you're a horror fan. That's the Jason fan film. No. So I so 
there's a there's a studio called uh, I can't remember Womp Womp Studios is the name of it, and they did a fan film Jason movie, uh, and then they made a sequel. But now, like that, that got it got so much buzz that they actually got hired to do the reboot of Friday the Thirteenth for for the studios. So oh, you just never know where what the fuck. Like I'm, I'll send you the links to it when we get off, bro. It's it's honestly. It's probably my second favorite Friday the 13th movie, and it's not even an official Friday the 13th movie. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, definitely send that to me. Hell yeah. So you just, that's dope, though. Yeah, bro. And that's what it's like. We live in a, in a time period where everything can not only be monetized, but if, if shit blows up, you never know what jobs that can lead you to. So, like, you doing this Harley Quinn shit, DC trying to re- reboot uh, reboot they, fr- they movie shit, you never know what'll happen, bro. That's all I'm going to say. So, yeah, make that happen, man. Um... But that's it, bro. I got nothing left for you, man. You got any parting words, anything? Um, shit. Just another, just another thank you, man. You know what I'm saying it's always fun to, uh, fun to collab, come on the platform, talk some shit. Hopefully, drop some gems. Hopefully, inspire some people, motivate some people, and everything like that. But I just, I just want to say thanks. Um, and just you know, what I'm saying, congratulate you on, on your successes and everything that you're doing, man. And just tell you to you know keep pushing, man. Keep trying to get better. You know what I'm saying? And uh see see how far niggas can take this shit. <laughs> Definitely, bro. We gotta we gotta do this shit. We're gonna be the ancestors at some point. So I figured we gotta we gotta start our <laughs> legacies now. I mean, it's crazy when you think about it, bro. At some point, uh we're gonna be and I know you don't have kids yet, but like my oldest is finna be fifteen in three weeks. Like that shit is blowing my mind. I'm finna have an adult kid out here, man. Like it's crazy, bro. Fifteen grown as shit. <laughs> <laughs> crazy man like if he, if he were to have a kid because i was 19 when he was born almost 20 which he's not because yeah. thank god he's a, he's a great athlete uh but uh if he were to have a kid at the same age i had a kid i would be a grandfather in four years before the age of 40 just let that soak in so let's not hold let, that shit does not need to happen uh let me let i'm gonna have to delete i don't even want to speak that shit out into the universe <laughs> but i appreciate i appreciate you bro Jax. go and give me your social media bro all right bet. so my personal uh my personal instagram is jackson 1616 j-a-x-o-n 1616 um the the video page is not Jax, which is n-o-t underscore j-a-x and then for the podcast, it's one mic stand, uh, the word one underscore M I C underscore stand underscore. And if you do want to check out uh, the Not Jacks Productions website, it's literally notjacksproductions.com. And you can just kind of see like a variety of some of the video work that I've done on there. And I also have merchandise, hoodies, jackets, hats, crop tops for the ladies. Um, got a bunch of stuff on there, man. You could you could shop on there if you like what you see. Um, and obviously, if you know if you if anybody needs any video work and they're in like the the Philly, the East Coast area, then just hit me up. Um, I do travel though, so if y'all if y'all like my shit to the point where you want to, you know, what I'm saying get me flew that, yeah, you feel know, <laughs> You can you can do that too. Just check out the work if you like it. You know what I'm saying? Uh, forward it to some people who you, who may actually be able to to use me on a professional level, man. There you have it. Make sure you follow him. Make sure you support him. That Holly Quinn movie, we need that shit. So bother him about that every month <laughs> until that shit drops.
All right, shout out to Jackson for joining us. And so, instead of the top of the show that we were going to have the main discussion topic be about Kismet. And while that segment with Jackson, it was pretty lengthy and it's probably the longest part of the podcast. The reason why I say I still categorize this as the main discussion topic, because this is the meat and potatoes I want you to walk away from. I want you to walk away from this podcast thinking about this term, how it applies to your life. Not necessarily changing your mindset, but hopefully opening up your mindset to something new. Um, and so the word kismet, right? It's defined simply as destiny or fate and destiny or fate. But to bring that uh, a little bit deeper, uh, the word kismet is derivative of an Arabic word kismat, meaning division, portion or lot. Um, kismet can mean your lot in life. It can mean your fate. Um, it can also be uh, used to describe something significant that happened for for you or to you completely of chance. Right. So the, the different ways that kismet can be used, kind of, and we kind of just went over that, is it can be used as a rank, your place in life. It can be used to describe bliss, pure happiness. It can be used to describe fate, or it can be used to describe a choice that you that you make based off intuition. So let's to get it even further into this idea of kismet, right? Let's first talk about what kismet is not, and kismet is not logic, right? So often we think that the way that we plan, the way that we are strategic, the way that we try to force things can bring about um, that that we deserved it, we earned it. And while those things can be true, the idea and thought behind Kismet is that it's something divine. It's something that it's it removes ego. Um, and so that's one of the things that Kismet is not. It's not, you can't think your way into a place of Kismet. You can't think your place into Uh, Think your way or force your way or plan your way into a place of being of being able to see how kismet affects your life Two, kismet is not deserved. Right. You can't. We often try to think that if we do good things, karma and, and, you know, those things are true. Right. Karma is is real. I very well think that karma and I believe that karma is real. But you it's it's when we think about the place of kismet, it's such a. It, it, a destiny. Uh, I'm sorry. Such a, such a thing that's that comes from a higher power. It comes from, um, like I said, it's your destiny that you can't necessarily deserve it, right? It's going to come one way or another. Now we can work our way into deserving it after we get it. Sometimes and sometimes we do de- we do deserve it before we get it, but it's still not something that is necessarily deserved. Your ego, the human ego, will have you think that when good things happen to you, it is because we worked hard. Uh, we deserved it or because of our merit. Right. And that's how we kind of self empower ourselves mentally. And Kismet is not that one last thing that Kismet is not. It is not material success. So we often try to uh, think of of success in a way of like how much money did we get from it? How do we what did we gain from it? Um, were we able to buy X, Y, Z? It Destiny is not that like we we always think that like when, the way that we earn things, the way that things are coming from us, we often Place that just upon material things that come into our house, whether it's a house that we get, it's a car that we get. Um, For me, for example, like shit with my cameras. Right. Um, We often think about that. Think about it in that way. Um, And so the magic of Kismet is not necessarily a material thing. Now, material success can be a byproduct of Kismet, but it's not Kismet solely. It's not one in the same thing. So now that we define what it isn't, let's talk about what it is. Kismet is intuition, right? And sometimes being intuitive means 
being the opposite of logical. When you when you when you feel intuition sometimes and and, and something comes around, it, it means that regardless of how things look, regardless of how they appear, is that we are we we figure it out, right? Um and we we often like to think that think of things as clearly defined and understood laid out steps that it's something uh, systemic systematic right um it can be traced back to a beginning a middle and an end kismet is not like that kismet is a web right when you think about uh all the decisions all the things that happened in your life all of the things that also the decisions that you did not make kismet is very much that it's a web that the 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 way that it traces all interconnected. So it's not necessarily a series of steps that you made to get to a certain place. But sometimes, like I said, it's that web, the things that connect to each other that you don't necessarily see because it's not a clear outline between A and B. It happens in multitudes. Right. And so the outcomes that come up don't always go back to when we said talked about Kismet being intuition instead of logic sometimes. But. We don't always fully understand how we get to that place. We don't fully understand the byproduct of kismet. We don't fully understand the place in which we got there. So in a way, kismet is very much like good karma, um, but it's also when actions, truth, and reality, and, and things all flow together for your benefit, right? It's that sense of being in the right place in the right time, more so than you plan to be there. Um, so it's more of a flow and cognitive dissonance, if I can talk correctly. And sometimes when we think about kismet, it means that against all the odds of how things looked, it still worked out in a way for us. Right. So let's talk about now we define what kismet is, what it isn't. Let's talk about how to experience kismet. Right. Because regardless of these things happen to you or around you like we talk about it's a web right so it's a it's a thing of interconnected decisions or actions or things that did not happen things that you avoided things that you didn't even know that you kind of avoided so if we're talking about kismet in that way right the first way that we can experience and realize when we are experiencing kismet is to get curious or to have self-awareness right having that self-awareness is one of the one of the key things that will help you really start processing um, where this, this, this thing of kismet comes into your life, right? You have to be, you have to have self, be self-aware. You also have to not be preoccupied with the things that you are doing to reach a certain destination, but appreciate where you ended up sometimes regardless of what the destination was that you planned to be at. And if you listen to me and Jackson talk, we, we both talked about how neither one of us planned to get into video neither one of us had a plan when we initially started this journey to be people who produced short films and did photography and 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 did videography for the we we didn't have that plan but that web of interconnected decisions for me for one i talk about a lot on this podcast me starting a podcast learning to promote it stepping outside my box wanting to promote it even better with video learning video has now turned into a passion and something that i'm really really great at but it wasn't because i sit there and i outline oh, i want to go to school for this this is what i know i want to do it my, my pro i never would have been able to put together a plan that put that placed me where i am now that was nothing but destiny and fate and kismet working into it Second thing on how to experience it is stop making fear-based decisions, meaning that take away, completely remove the absence of, and Jackson touched on this, looking stupid, 
um, uh, things not working out. Um, remove those fear-based decisions. Sometimes to, when you operate in a place of fearlessness and you make decisions uh, to break the homeostasis that fear puts us in sometimes, um, it, it, and it makes us step outside our box, right? When we constantly make decisions based off fear, whether it means that we're fearful of losing our job, we're fearful of not making enough money, we're fearful of not being successful, we're fearful of not being able to do it or to be good at it, right? We take away an experience for growth from us, right? So our divisions our decisions should not be led by fear, but by curiosity. And that constant curiosity of uh, and adding self-awareness of, of that will put you in a place where you start seeing the way that this kismet thing affects your life. Number three, trust, 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 right? Uh, you We talked about having the intuition, right? But to have, to for intuition to take effect in your life, you have to learn to trust that intuition, right? And that puts us in a place of experience kismet, right? If we stop as we said before, if you notice there's a theme, if we stop worrying about getting caught up in feeling foolish, are we uh, denying what we really want? If we uh, insisting on doing something just because we we desire a certain outcome, right? Um, and if you lean on the intuition, if you lean on on sometimes things being coincidence and trusting that, then you find your place being able to experience and appreciate kismet in such a much a much better place. And lastly, how do we experience kismet? The last thing before I send you guys home is interpretation and openness. We have to be able to interpret the things that are happening around us. Again, we talked about that web and connections, right? If we if we appreciate the fate, the magic of kismet in our lives and that are placed upon us, that destiny and realizing yeah, realizing our destiny, ultimately, ultimately, we have to interpret the things that have happened in our life. We have to learn to look back and say, OK, this is a decision that I that I was going to make or I would have made. I didn't make that. Maybe it was made for me. Maybe I was taken out of that place of being able to make that decision and things kind of just happened the way that they happened. But because we did that and now we can interpret that and we can be open and honest with ourselves that, you know, admitting that we didn't cause that or maybe we would have if we were in complete control. Right. We wouldn't have ended up in a positive place. But when you learn that power of interpretation, when you learn that power of being open mentally and, and holding yourself accountable and really realizing the things that the extraordinary things that are happening around you. Right. We talk about epiphanies a lot. We talk about dreams. We talk about manifestation, which is a key, a, a key thing. Now, all of them, all of them are meaningless if we don't know how to interpret and be truly open about those things. Right. So no one meaning is absolute. That's the key thing in, in this kismet thing is that there are no absolutes. Nothing is absolute. And once you start realizing that, you'll start seeing how things can change and, and for the better. So lastly, right. Kismet has us loosen our definition of success, go with our gut and restore our faith in powerful things happening around us, but not because of us necessarily. Right. For some people, they feel like and I know this is a big thing. Some people really feel like everything that happens in their life is a direct reflection of them and the decision that they make. And I'm not here to challenge that thinking. Right. If that's how you think, more power to you if it's working for you. But I truly believe in the power of this thing of kismet. And be some, some things just being destiny. Because me, the place that I'm in now, would have never in a million years guessed this for myself. So in hearing me and Jackson talk, that's some things that I hope everyone takes away from it. But that's it. 
that's been this episode of the Awakened Soul Podcast. Make sure you uh, follow the podcast at Awakened Soul Pod. You can follow me personally at CEO Hayes, uh, at CEO H-A-I-Z-E. You can f- send us any feedback, questions, comments, concerns, theawakensoulpod at gmail.com. We are the number one podcast for the culture. And this week, we're out. Peace. Nigga, I ain't never been a yes man. Are you gonna die? You can get murdered on webcam. I don't get tired. Sweat through a headband. You might look alive. That's cause you don't really know you a dead man. This is God's plan. Someone stop me. I've been sent here from Illuminati. Evil scriptures written on my body. Me and Satan pull up in a red Ferrari. Don't be trying to put your fucking arm around me. 44 shots traumatizing from the 45. Hit 44 more carbon copies. Then you kamikaze. That's for everybody. Mama, poppy. Sister, brother, cousin, uncle, auntie. This is not Versace. This is Hahabachi. This is Hiroshima. This is Nagasaki. I'm a Mahatma Gandhi. A fucking humanoid Anunnaki. With plenty hammers when I'm riding shoddy. Better use your manners when you're talking about me. Ain't too hard to find me. I've been killing niggas till nothing left. Though. Try to look at sicker than a strap though. Spend a bitch and wanna give me best off. Then myself I got I was next door. Spit out your crib right after I clean out your shit and then put all of your fucking money in the escrow. Fuck what you saying, I'm not the one that you play with. I think they really was thinking I was the next door. You thought wrong or you all gone? All done. I just might bring back Don Juan. I just might bring back Sean John. Tell P. Diddy that I'm on one. I'ma beat it down with a do rag. Pussy ate out, this a pop con. If I fuck with you, that's too bad. How you played out like the dance song? Ain't no bygones be bygones. I should murder niggas when I buy guns. Oh, you get stretched like nylon. This is my band, I'm Dylon. All I wanna do is just drop bombs. So you chain lead the niggas with the pom poms. My Jamaica bitch got socks on. Every time I hit it, she be like, Wagwan. Pick the pepper, pick the pepper, and I pick the pressure. Pick a fighter, pick a side, I put you in a stretcher. Pick the pepper, pick the banana, put it together. Start a poppin' at the people, they bout to meet the Beretta. Better meet the metal, I'm in need of a heater to measure. Put you deep in it was deeper to see in the desert. I'm a scheming while I'm creeping like 50 feet of the jet. Niggas Peter hit the pedal and put my feet in the metal, goddamn. Five oh eight all on my side. They gon' ride, they gon' ride. Nigga, this a homicide. Oh my god, oh my god. I said I was gon' retire. Bitch, I lied, bitch, I lied. I ain't got no fucking job. That's my life. That's my wish. All of y'all wish she ain't watchy. I yell my kids in the cussy. I take my down to Hibachi. We do six nine like the Kashi. Line in the sand, so much time in your hands. I think y'all need to find you a hobby. Y'all got a plan, hope that y'all want to. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park.